0: Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by my colleague here at FS1, Andrew Lynch. Andrew, I'm told that you do not want to talk about the weather today.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very L.A. thing to talk about yeah. the rain, the one in four times that it rains here. So, yeah, thank you for teeing me up so that I have to talk about the weather. Um, you didn't even ask how I'm doing, J-Mac. I'm doing outstanding Ooh. for what it's worth. We're in the holiday season, one of my favorite times of the year. It should be everyone's favorite time of the year unless you're a Grinch. And there's sports to gamble on. What else I mean, what else can you ask for? Well, I wanted to tee up the weather because there are a couple weather games in
0: the NFL. Ah, okay. You I like see what that. you did there. That's you fair, like that. fair. Uh, listen, amazing show today. Very excited. Let's, let's get started. The NFL game tonight, Cowboys Saints is off the hook. I believe it's the best Thursday game left on the schedule. Huge implications for the playoffs for both teams. We'll get into that. We're going to do college football championship weekend. We won't talk about my failings last weekend. I had such a good run, went one and four. It was awful. But let's jump right into it, Andrew Lynch. Put Up or Shut Up, the most fun game on any gambling podcast. Here's the interesting thing. I smoked everybody last
1: week. You did, like a Thanksgiving turkey. (laughs)
0: 3-0. and It was glorious. And we only got one Put Up or Shut Up from Hmm. the uh, peanut gallery this week. Y'all afraid? Are you running scared? I mean, Put Up or Shut Up, I housed y'all last week. But we do have one good one. And, of course, it's a tough one, Lynch. At Drew R. Foster, he wants to play hashtag put up or shut up. He put Bears Giants up. I'm going to ask you first, Lynch. This is a weird game. Chase Daniel going to be the starter again. Trubisky out due to injury. He probably returns for the Rams game. But Chase Daniel going on the road again. He was not great in Detroit. I know it was a short week. But what's your lean here? Giants
1: are getting four at home. First off, I think this is a great pick by at Drew R. Foster because this line just came on the board in most places this morning because of the quarterback uncertainty. What I asked myself when I looked at this game is, is there any reason for me not to take Chicago without Trubisky? And I really couldn't find one. The Giants are 32nd in the NFL in adjusted pass rush. They just cannot get to the quarterback And then on the other side of the ball, they're 26th on the offensive line in rushing and pass protection. I just don't see how the Giants can win this game in the trenches. And frankly, I'm not convinced Eli Manning is a better quarterback than Chase Daniel at this point. Now that's
0: a hot take. That is a hot take. I mean,
1: like in a vacuum, he's probably better, but is he, is Eli better in a Pat Shermer offense than Chase Daniel is in a Nagy offense where he's been with Nagy for four or five years now? I really don't think so. And so I, I continue, I I expect the Bears to continue to put their quarterbacks in good position to succeed. And I have no confidence that the Giants are going to do likewise. I'm interested in your take on Eli Manning above all. But I want to try to
0: get into, and Lynch, we talk about this sometimes, the psychology of players. Okay, I've never spent time in the NFL. Shocker. But I just wonder, the Giants had talked about making a run, sneaking into the playoffs. They lose a heartbreaker against a division rival. Okay. Now they gotta go home knowing that the playoffs are shot and you've got the number one defense in the NFL coming to your house with a lot to play for. They do. Now, I will say this about the Bears. They do have the Rams next week. I wonder, okay, we got the Giants. We don't have to worry. We got this game. Do they come and take the Giants lightly and only are thinking about the Rams next week? In that case, the Giants would have a chance. But At Drew R. Foster. I'm going to go with the Bears. Favor by four. I know points on the road risky, but there's a lot of road chalk this week. Give me the Bears at Drew R. Foster. And guess what, Drew? I'm going to go ahead and double down. I'm so confident in the Bears. We usually do $10 for put up or shut up. I'll give you 20 if we win. I want your review if my Bears cover. So there it is. Put up or shut up. You know the drill every week, folks. Get those picks in next Monday or Tuesday. All right, let's move on to good bet, bad bet, where Lynch and I break down the best games of the weekend. Listen, it's a weird card, Andrew. So I I flipped the script this week. I said, let's make it a draft. I'll give you first pick. What game are you into? And of course... The guy who is conducting the Baker Mayfield train, Andrew Lynch, said, give me the Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns. Lynch, you were hot on this game last night. I want to know, are you taking the road
1: dog here going uh, against one of the best defenses in the NFL? This is a really compelling game to me. I know I say that a lot. I am going to take the Cleveland Browns here at Woo! the plus six. Now and is that, it's, wait,
0: let's go. Full unit, doubling down. Half, half unit. Because half unit, half here's
1: the thing. All of the numbers that I'm looking at in this game really point to Houston. They do. The reason I'm taking Cleveland is because I don't think... There is as drastic a difference between these two teams as the line says today compared to what we saw on Sunday. This line opened at most places at minus four and a half. You even got it at minus three and a half in some instances. And we said on the podcast on Monday, if the Texans came out and looked like an elite team, this line was going to move quite a bit. Texans came out, looked like an elite team against the Titans. And all of a sudden this is up to the Texans being favored by six. On the one hand, Yes, I think we're seeing that Vegas and fans have underrated Houston to this point. On the other hand, I just, again, I don't feel like these teams have been separated by a point and a half or two and a half points over the course of this week. I think the line has moved a little bit too much. So I'm going to take Cleveland and the points here, but I don't feel great about it. And the one thing that I will say that's really compelling to me, we were talking about Super Bowl odds at this point in the season earlier before we started recording the podcast. The Houston Texans are up to the eighth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl at 18 to 1. Wow. That is right. That was just striking to me. I can't even envision them getting, winning a couple playoff games, much less the Super Bowl. So, Vegas to is Wait, very. Is there value there? No, I don't. No, no I not, not at all. Agree. But Vegas is I, what that is telling me is Vegas and some of the, the numbers are indicating this Texans team is rounding into a really, really good football team. I'm not going to be surprised if they win by a touchdown six feels like maybe a point or two too much so I'm gonna side with Cleveland keep conducting that Baker Mayfield train see what's interesting here is that the Houston
0: Texans defense is so good that it's almost underrated nobody talks about it uh now I will say briefly I was on the Titans on Monday Night Football and I felt good about it I was on the right side the line was coming down they take a 10-0 lead I'm like all right Titans And then the game kind of changed on one play, Lynch. One friggin' play where they decide to go for it. And I like the aggressive nature of Rabel. But fourth and one inside the five, you hand off to a tight end who had, I believe, zero carries all season. It fails. And the game was lost on the next play. Lamar Miller, 97-yard touchdown run. I will say this. When you look at the Texans and their explosive playability with Hopkins, here's a great DeAndre Hopkins stat I saw on Twitter today. 71 catches this season, zero drops. Zero drops. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, what
1: more can you ask for right. from a receiver? Honestly, like just securing the ball. Like that is a f- – That's that's incredible.
0: Probably going to go up against Denzel Ward, right? So then you look, okay, how's Demarius Thomas doing? He had a good Monday night football game. You know, the trade they made with the Broncos. My big thing in this, I just wonder if Cleveland's going to be able to move the football. We know Nick Chubb has been awesome. Well, the Texans kind of dominated the line of scrimmage. This is a really good front four. They sacked Mariota six times. So now, if Chubb can't run, you're going to ask Baker Mayfield to go through the air. I, that's a big ask on the road. We know uh, Houston slot corner Aaron Colvin's having a very good season. He will match up with Landry. I just think it's a tall ask for Baker Mayfield on the road. And the last thing I want to add I had said Monday, Deshaun Watson's not running the football. I don't know what's going on. What does he do against the Titans? He runs for a lot of yards. I'm going with the Texans here. I don't know if it's a play in the super contest because six and a half is a lot. That's a lot of points. But if I'm betting, I'm taking the Houston Texans favored by, what are you seeing, six, six and a half? I'm seeing six right now. Six. I'll I'll take it. Houston Texans. All right. On to the next game. When we did the draft, quote unquote, um, I kind of like this because it's sneaky. Y'all are going to hate it. But it's going to be one of the biggest Vegas needs this weekend. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Jeff Driscoll. Yes, Jeff Driscoll. I'm seriously looking at Driscoll in the Super Contest. The Bengals getting points against the mighty Vance Joseph on the road. Listen, Denver is highly valued, according to DVOA. Lynch, they're... Am I seeing this right? They're sixth in the NFL? or No, they're fifth. The Denver Broncos, fifth in DVOA. Try to quantify that for me. How are they the fifth best team in the NFL?
1: I think I'm actually seeing sixth here. Sixth, right? okay. Regardless, uh, it's all about this defense. And. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how we're in a pass-heavy offensive environment right now. Teams that are getting the ball out quickly and getting their, getting their skill players in space are really having success. You look at the Chiefs, you look at the Rams, you look at the Saints, you look at the Chargers. All running different variations of very similar offenses. The Broncos have gone completely the opposite direction, where they are just grinding games out with the run game and with their defense. They've had two 300-plus yard passing games this season and none since week five. The Broncos haven't had a 300-yard passing game since week 5. I it's they're a complete outlier and I'm kind of falling in love with them for that what? reason. Case yeah. Case Keenum and Vance Joseph. I, now. Yeah, it's interesting you said they're going
0: back to the run. Just give me the, let's see how the Cincinnati run defense is doing. Um you know, no oh boy, not very good. One of the worst units in the league against the run, giving up 147 yards a game. That's 31st in the NFL. So why on earth would I take Cincinnati here? I don't know. Why okay, would you? Well, I, and listen, Lynch just goes back to one of the tenants. This is a week to week leak. Okay? They were awful last week. They were awful the week before. This team has been dreadful. But AJ Green is back. And the public is, according to one one site, 92% on the road favorite Denver Broncos. We know Vance Joseph's issues as a coach. If ever there was a spot for the Cincinnati Bengals to show up, and and I'm not saying they're gonna win, all they gotta do is lose by a field goal. Maybe Denver riding high off that Pittsburgh win comes back to earth a little bit. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals getting four and a half. Listen, that's not gonna be popular. I get it, but remember they built casinos in the desert, not only off sports book winnings, obviously those slot machines they clean up on those, but the sports books profit when the public goes one way. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to fade Denver. I know it's risky, but give me the Bengals. All right, Lynch, let's move on to another game in good bet, bad bet. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. The Minnesota Vikings getting five in New England against the mighty Patriots. Tom Brady not looking sharp. We know he's not hitting the deep pass this season. It did look a bit improved with the return of Gronk last week, but... The casual observer will say, oh, they beat the Jets, Lynch, and they covered. They had 500 yards of offense, but they weren't sharp. Okay, the Jets were a drop touchdown pass away from the cover. Patriots had 11 penalties, and Brady wasn't throwing in the second half. I still believe he's not 100%, whether it's the knee, the thumb. I like the Vikings here, and uh, before I turn it to you, Lynch, the one stat that jumps out. So DVOA has now you know kind of cut the season in half because who you are in week two isn't who you are in week 12 the minnesota vikings through the first five weeks were 25th in defense week six through 12 the vikings are number one in the league in defense i think they show up in new england i wouldn't be shocked by an outright win here
1: wow i i wouldn't be shocked by an outright win here and I think the Vikings are a very, very good team, it, notably because of that defensive improvement since the beginning of the season. I just can't bet against New England at home giving less than a touchdown. It's, and I know that's a very square thing to say, but I think we might be in for a big game from Sonny Michelle. Hmm. Thank goodness he didn't get snapped in half last weekend when he was bent backwards. I gets hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was he? like he was doing a yoga pose. But <laughs> the Vikings are the fourth best rush defense by dvoa Ooh. and that would maybe indicate that sony michelle's not going to have the biggest game but what i think this game comes down to the trenches they the vikings are 21st in quote-unquote run stuffing with their defensive line the patriots are number one uh offensive line in the nfl Top three against both pass rush and run blocking. I think the Patriots are going to control the line of scrimmage here. I think they end up winning by a touchdown. Probably a late score to just kind of put this one away. You're right, though. The Patriots were not. They didn't look like the Patriots against the Jets. New York really moved the ball at will in the first half there. I'm not the biggest Case Keenum guy. in. Or excuse, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm the, not the biggest Case Keenum either. guy either. I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins guy in yeah. the world, but he could look like a pro bowler against this Patriots defense yeah. that we've said a number yeah. of times this season. Just looks kind of confused. They're not the disciplined unit I'm used to seeing. But again, Patriots at home. At Gillette Stadium in perhaps some cold, snowy weather. I like the Patriots here. Now, I teased at the outset
0: two injuries that were massive this week, one on offense, one on defense. I think the Xavier Rhodes injury could prove huge. He hasn't practiced this week. It doesn't look like he's going to go. Now you got to match up with Josh Gordon, Edelman, and Gronk with no Xavier Rhodes. That's the only thing that would give me pause on taking the Vikings in the contest. But this has gone from six to five maybe a four and a half somewhere i i'm expecting shootout i think the vikings can come in the back door but you're right right? when they went on the road to chicago facing a good defense cousins did not look good but i give a strong lean to the minnesota vikings all right we saved the best for last in good bet bad bet Lynch, we've got a barn burner Sunday night. Does anybody say barn burner anymore? You just did. (laughs) (laughs) The Pittsburgh Steelers off that brutal defeat at home. Yes, I was on them. I'm sorry, brutal defeat in Denver last week. They come home and host the Chargers. Three and a half point favorites are the Steelers. Melvin Gordon looking like a no-go. Weather will not be a factor, but we got a primetime game. We know the Steelers since 2014. 17-4 17-4 and straight up in primetime. This is a team that shows up when the lights are brightest. 13-7-1 and against the spread in those primetime games. I'm seeing a big game from James Conner. Of course, no Denzel Perryman, the great middle linebacker for the Chargers. Also, no Corey Legit. So, in the middle, they're soft. Two weeks ago, Phillip Lindsay had a very good game against them. I think they're susceptible up the middle. They did stop David Johnson last week, but You know, there's no passing game to worry about there. Safeties cannot play in the box. Uh, The great Derwin James, love his game. He can't play up. Not with Antonio Brown, Juju
1: Smith-Schuster. I like the Steelers here, favored by three and a half. Yeah, that Steeler wide receiving core is such a game changer. That said, three and a half with the hook. I think this is a slightly bad bet. I would lean towards the Chargers. The Melvin Gordon injury sucks. There's it no does. getting around that. But I think Los Angeles is going to be okay. Austin Eckler is solid. He's second in the NFL in running backs uh, in yards per touch at seven and a half Ooh. for those running backs who have a minimum of 50 touches. And Jackson and Newsom give them kind of a a, a hydra in the backfield. They've got this multi-headed Ooh. approach. And I like when you put different weapons around Phillip Rivers. Uh, I expect the Chargers to make the most of all three of those backs. So, yeah not having melvin gordon is it like i said it sucks but i think the chargers are going to make the most of it and i just think the chargers are the better team here on the road getting outside of that two and a half three points that you get for home field advantage when i'm getting the hook i lean towards the chargers they're better in overall dvoa fourth versus seventh they're better in offensive dvoa third versus sixth they're better in defensive dvoa ninth versus twelfth we had that thursday night game where the steelers and the panthers the panthers were better in every dvoa right. character yes, yes, yes. category and that steelers wide receiving core made none of it just made all of that irrelevant There's every chance that happens here. But again, I think the Chargers are the better team. I'm getting three and a half points. I would say the one, if you're a a football nerd like me and you like watching trench play, we've got a really fun matchup here between the Steelers' just absurd defensive line and the Chargers' absolutely elite offensive line. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let me push back on you, Lynch, and ask, what's the Chargers'
0: best win of the season? I'll go through their wins for you. They beat Buffalo. They beat San Francisco. They beat Oakland. They beat Cleveland. They beat Tennessee in London. They beat Seattle in Seattle. They beat Oakland again, and they beat Arizona. I, I I mean, that Seattle win was good. They needed a pick six late um, to seal that cover. I just that that's not a group of world beaters that they've put up some good stats against. Does that give you any concern whatsoever? So
1: I know this is another hot take. No, like it. Quality of wins in that sense doesn't really have an impact on me in regular season gambling because what we know and our friend Bill Barnwell over at or over at uh, ESPN is fond of pointing this out. One of the best indicators of a team being elite or being good or being great is when they beat bad teams consistently right. and they beat them by a lot. And then cuz on the inverse look at their losses. They've lost to the Chiefs, they've lost to the Rams, both fairly competitive games, you know, they got outscored by I think double digits in both of them, but I would say they were right in those games. And then they lost kind of a fluky game to the Broncos, very
0: fluky, yeah. yeah. And who
1: as we have seen sport. are rounding into a potentially top 5 team in the NFL. So when you have a team that is taking care of business and losing competitive games to other elite teams, to me, that's an indication that you are an elite team as well. All right. So let's go over the
0: good bet, bad bet games real quick. I like the Texans. Lynch likes the Browns. I like the Bengals. Nobody else on planet Earth likes the Bengals. I like the Vikings. Lynch is leaning toward the Patriots. And finally, I'm kind of interested in the Steelers. Lynch
1: he likes the Chargers. I think we have a first. I think that's the first time in good bad bad bet that we've been on the opposite side in every this single game. This is dangerous. Maybe you guys should tease all those games
0: on one side and you'll hit them all. And now on to the money line picks. Lynch was hot a couple weeks ago. It's so funny. I had an FS1 TV producer come up to me and say, "Boy, Lynch is hot on the money line. Who's he got this week?" I was like, damn, you guys are listening closely. I love it. Lynch, I'll let you go first because you've been hot on the money line picks.
1: Who do you got this week winning outright? Dance with who brung you? Right, I'm going (laughs) back to my Buffalo Bills, getting plus 175 against the Miami Dolphins, and this has so much more to do with the Miami Dolphins than it does the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins are still technically in playoff contention; they still technically have something to play for. Oh jeez! But I mean, do they really? I just this Dolphins team has been so hit or miss. They've they've played well again, you know, in spurts against some really good competition, and then they've looked like. Potentially the worst team in the NFL other weeks. So I think the Bills defense, while it's come back to earth a little bit since the beginning of the season, still a top 10 unit. The offense looks better. Josh Allen's getting into a little bit of a rhythm. I'm getting plus 175, so almost two to one. And again, there's just there are a few things as fun as as betting on the Buffalo Bills money line. So if I think there's a little bit of value there, I'll do it and have a little bit of fun on my Sunday. Maybe
0: Lynch will come in uh, on his social media feed and flex like Josh Allen did on the Jags. After Did you guys see that? That was awesome. Love that flex from Josh Allen. All right. There's not a lot of good underdogs this week. Uh, there are a million underdogs, but not a lot of good ones. So I'll tell you my process here. I initially looked at the Bengals. Yes, the Bungles. Um plus 195. And then producer Conrad like laughed in my face and was like, all right, look, come on, pick look at someone else. I was like, all right. Uh how about Tampa? Tampa plus 165. You know, I, I think there's some value there. Carolina kind of reeling. Secondary's a joke. Jameis Winston could get hot. That could be a could be a three-point game. And then I looked at the Vikings, who I like a lot. Plus 201. I mean. Nobody really goes into New England and wins, uh, especially this late in the season. 12-0 and 0 straight up uh, at home in the last 12 games. Wow. Okay. okay. So nobody, literally nobody goes in and wins in New England. So I said, what the heck? Why not do this? I'm gonna go with a three-team money line parlay. Try to stifle your laughter, folks. The Bengals plus 195, the Bucks plus 165, and the Vikings plus 201. Now, I'm not gonna do anything stupid like when I made that hundred-dollar bet on two garbage teams a couple weeks ago, and it was over five minutes in. It literally. was your
1: most sweat-free oh, bet yeah, yeah. of sweat-free the season. Sweat-free loss,
0: hundred bucks. Um, so I'm gonna go with those three parlay, ten bucks. You know, a, a Starbucks drink and a muffin. Maybe not a Starbucks, but maybe a Starbucks drink and a cookie. 10 bucks to win $224. Bengals, Bucks, and the Vikings. What you've all been waiting for, the Thursday night football game. It's going to be such a good game. Hopefully Jason Garrett doesn't screw things up. The Dallas Cowboys hosting the hot New Orleans Saints I think the Saints are now the favorites to win the Super Bowl It's crazy how good they've gotten the number has been fluctuating Lynch I've got the board open right now it was seven went up to seven and a half then back to seven I'm seeing a juiced seven you gotta lay a buck 20 to win a 100 on the Saints. I'm leaning Dallas here um uh, listen I know that the Cowboys have issues and I know the Saints are incredible. The Saints' defense, by the way, really rounding into form. Again, this DVOA stat, you guys should look at it. Lynch put me onto it, and I'm I'm obsessed with it now. In weeks 7 through 12, the Saints' defense, fifth in the league. In weeks 1 through 5, they were 26th. So they've improved radically. We were on this last week. We said Eli Apple's addition was huge in the secondary. Marcus Davenport, the rookie, he's been very good. But... Let me give you some trends. Again, we don't know how how much trends mean, but we like to feed them to you anyway. Since 2011, the Cowboys are 6-1 and one against the spread in games when they're a touchdown or more underdog. Now, that includes the Eagles game a couple weeks ago. They went on the road to Philly, 7.5 point dogs, one straight up. So, in that underdog role, America's team, if we're still calling it that, tends to show up. But, again, since 2011, like how many games did Dak Prescott quarterback of those, you know? So I don't know how much that matters. I look at a lot of things when I'm I'm looking at this game, and I keep coming back to this. If Ezekiel Elliott can just run the ball a little against the number one run defense or even move the chains with screen passes, Amari Cooper now stretching the field, I think Dallas can control some clock here and maybe cover.
1: Am I crazy, Andrew Lynch? Yep, absolutely. You, you, um, you're. I just don't see how the Cowboys keep pace with this Saints team. I do think the Cowboys are better than they've performed to this point. I think they are rounding into form. But again, shout out to Football Outsiders. Shout out to Aaron Schatz. The, the DVOA write-up is one of my favorite things to read every week. And as he pointed out, the Saints were 26th in defensive DVOA through their first five games. Since the week six by, they're fifth. They're now a top 10 overall defensive unit in the NFL and one of the top three offenses in the NFL. It's almost a shame that Drew Brees' career is winding down? Because I think you could make the argument if if this Saints team were going to continue to play like this in the years to come, that they are now America's team. It's almost like Ooh. we're seeing a coronation of New Orleans versus Dallas tonight. I think it's just fun to root for the Saints. It's fun to root for Drew Brees. It's fun to root for that offense. And I now that this has come back down to seven with a chance maybe that it comes down to six and a half, I don't think it's going to get there. That would be a really bonkers move for the sports books i really 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 like the saints here it's probably a two-unit play for me really yeah i i've said for much of this season that i thought dallas was undervalued i think that was true until about a couple of weeks ago but now that they're rounding into form i think they're going to be overvalued let me look at it the opposite way and say well
0: wait a sec are the saints perhaps overvalued when they went on the road to baltimore they were able to win that game. Kind of lucky, remember, Justin Tucker missed an extra point. That was a close game, one-point game in Baltimore. We can agree, Baltimore is not a better team than Dallas, right? Now, maybe back then Baltimore was good, but I don't know. They did not look great in Minnesota. They did have that huge steal and turnover, which they, uh, which really flipped the game. I just, I wonder if the Saints are reading their clippings. You said they're now the number one Super Bowl favorite in the league. Plus 300. They are the favorites to get home field advantage. At what point do some of these guys start getting gassed up and maybe there's a letdown? Are they peaking too early? A nice theme that a lot of FS1 and ESPN shows will talk about. I just think if there is a letdown spot, it's going to come here on Thursday night. The Dallas Cowboys, I actually... I wonder if they can win this game outright. And again, I I know I was bashing Dallas and a lot to bash about Jason Garrett. But it does feel like this could be a Cole Beasley game. If you want to get into the nitty-gritty, Lynch, if you look at the slot corner for the Saints, P.J. Williams, he has been awful this season. Cole Beasley could have a game. If you want to stack the line for Zeke or shade toward Amari Cooper, who's been great. Maybe Cole Beasley's that guy. We know they have no tight end, okay? They're they're not throwing to Jeff Swain, who's been hurt. Um I, I just maybe I'm I'm crazy, but I went on Lock It In Monday and said the Cowboys can cover. And man,
1: there was a tsunami of tweets bashing me. Lynch, two units on the Saints? You know, I'm really glad you brought up that Ravens game. That was week seven, yes. I believe. The Saints have won by double digits in every game since. Wow. Every game since. Every game since. And again, they beat the Rams by double digits. They beat the Falcons, who maybe not the greatest team, but at least a team that can keep up offensively, beat them by two touchdowns. Beat the Eagles by 41 points. Pretty sure we both remember that game. I do. I was on
0: the wrong side. And I was trying to say, okay, maybe that's the game they let down. And there just hasn't been one. They've, I faded him against the Ravens. They've lost scored that. at least
1: 30 points in their past five games. They've scored 45 plus in three of those okay. past five. games. no wait. Games.
0: I'm looking at the schedule now. That's a good point. Now a lot of these have been in a dome. Eagles was in a dome. Falcons in a dome. Bengals What's Jerry is a, World? Bangle, yeah, it is. Damn it, Lynch! All right, listen. I'm going to stick with it. I, now I'm not going to make that play in the Super Contest because uh, then you'd have to get all your picks in, and I definitely don't have that lineup set. But uh, I'm going tonight. Um, I will go. I'll go with a full full unit. You're going two. I will go one. I'll go 100 on the Cowboys plus seven. Boy, Jason Garrett, he is tough to back Lynch. Give me the Cowboys tonight in what should be a great game. On to college football championship weekend. You know, you'd think championship weekend would bring a lot of close spreads. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is staggering, folks. I will have five picks for you, and producer Conrad has a bonus pick. I can't get behind it simply because I'm so pissed about last weekend's games. Let's move on. Friday night, Pac-12 championship game. This game is in Santa Clara, home of, I believe, the 49ers. I'm going to go ahead and take Washington favored by five and a half. Utah's beat up. They expended a lot of energy last week in the holy war against BYU. I faded Washington last week in the snow, and they came through and made me look stupid. So give me the Huskies. Five and a half in the Pac-12 title game. Next up, Clemson-Pittsburgh. Listen, I know people love to find a dog, and people say, oh, Pittsburgh's a dog with some fleas. No, Pittsburgh has rabies. This is, like, bad, okay? Clemson is favored by 27 and a half. And I love Clemson here. I mean, uh, I want to make love to twenty-seven and a half Clemson favored so big. Gimme uh, Clemson to roll in this one. Now let's get to the good games. Texas Oklahoma. I, I was texting with producer Conrad yesterday. I'm like, I think I like, I think I like Texas. They're calling this the Red River reboot. I just want to remind you, Texas led Oklahoma by twenty-one in the fourth quarter of this season, by twenty-one. Nobody's as good as a dog as Tom Herman. Tom Herman is an underdog. Are you ready? 13 and 1 against the spread. Okay, fine. Maybe he's playing some tough. Okay, Tom Herman against Oklahoma. 3 and 0 against the spread with two wins. This guy can coach as an underdog. I love the move of bringing in the Kansas head coach to kind of give them some ideas on how to hang with Oklahoma. Now, you're saying Kansas? What? Kansas stinks. Oh, really? Kansas rushed for 348 yards against Oklahoma. People don't realize this Oklahoma defense is a joke. Everybody scores 40 on them. And I'm going to close with this. Kansas has lost three games this year by five points or less. They're in every game. You don't blow them out. I love Tom Herman. I'm taking Texas
2: plus eight in the Red River reboot. Are you with me, Producer Conrad? I'm actually really with you on this one. If you look at it, technically... Other than uh, Texas losing by five at Maryland in the opening weekend, their other two losses are by one point and two points. In this situation, you got to give me the team that was up by 21 with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray can put on a show, and he will, just like he did in the original Red River rivalry. But I'm telling you what, right now, I think Texas can come in there. Tom Herman, he's going to put it up. Hook him. Cool. Hook em, baby. All right. Now, I want to say this. That game, what happens
0: in Texas-Oklahoma, is contingent on how I bet the Big Ten Championship. Now, I know that's a bit of a cop-out, right? But I'm not going to make a play on Northwestern Ohio State until I see the Texas-Oklahoma result. And here's why. If Texas wins that game, you're going to get a max effort from Ohio State because they know they're winning in the playoff. And then they obliterate Northwestern. I'd take them at 14 and a half. It might be 17 if Texas wins that game. Now, if Oklahoma rolls, I don't think they will. But if Oklahoma wins by 24 and it's a no contest, I believe Ohio State will know they can't get in. Even if they win by 40, who cares? Oklahoma beat a better team by a lot. Oklahoma's in. So if Oklahoma wins a blowout, I'm taking Northwestern. Any other result? Give me Ohio State favored by 14, 15, whatever. Producer Conrad, are you cool with that logic? You know me and I'm not.
2: Legitimate logic. You're talking about when you're talking about head coaches like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, and I'm one that firmly believes that Urban Meyer is kind of on a war path right now because the end is near for him. I think his health reasons are putting him in a situation where he is gas pedal all the way, and he's gonna try to put up all the points in the world northwestern. He doesn't want to win by twenty, he doesn't want to win by thirty, he wants to win by forty. Dwayne Haskins wants to throw six touchdowns, they want to get him in the Heisman look. Give me Ohio State, I'll take Ohio State by twenty.
0: Let me push back. Ohio State has played one good game this year against a good team, the Michigan game. Other than that, they played a good fourth quarter at Penn State in Happy Valley. Great comeback. But that's it. They have not looked that good this season. Would you agree with that?
2: I mean, I would agree with that. Every Ohio State fan in the country would agree with that. But this is typical Ohio State. They play down to their competition and they play up to their competition. I know Northwestern is below them right now. They don't want to get left out of the conversation two years in a row. They should have made the playoff last year after beating a highly ranked Wisconsin team. I think Urban Meyer is going to try to leave the committee with no other choice than to put them in if they win by 50 points.
0: Okay. Well, that that's pretty good logic. Let's move on to the SEC title game. This is going to be a tough one. A hold-your-nose special. Alabama's been favored in 57 straight games. Okay? Tua played a half against Georgia last year and shredded them. And that was a good Georgia defense featuring Roquan Smith. Yes, I know they got lit up by Baker in the semifinal. That was a good Georgia defense. For some reason, I like Georgia plus 13 and a half. Obviously, I'd like to get 14 and maybe the public will end up pushing that up. Here's my logic and feel free, producer Conrad, to shell me for it. I think this is going to be the best team Alabama faces all season. And I still believe, No, listen, there's nothing to back this up. This is just intuition on my part. You know what beats Alabama. Mobile quarterbacks. I think they're going to have a package or two or three for Justin Fields, the awesome freshman who we haven't seen much from. A smart coach would have a total package or two for Fields, put him out there, the Alabama defense. What? what? What's going on here? And I think Georgia could surprise him. Now, you're going to have to keep Tua off the field because they're a machine, but I've seen some teams move the ball. Listen, Auburn last week. They look pretty good. I know Alabama had nothing to play for, and they'll be up for this one. Fading Saban, not good for your health. I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia, plus 13.5 in Atlanta, where it's going to be full of Crimson Tide fans. Your thoughts, Producer Conrad?
2: Yeah, I mean, you've been on the Saban train all year, so why just get off it now, you know? That, that makes perfect sense. I'm all on the <laughs> Saban train at this point. I mean, look at it. They lost to LSU twenty points. At LSU, it wasn't even a night game, okay? Alabama walks into their heated rivals' house night game, beats them twenty nine to nothing, all right? Now let me give you the best wins that this Georgia team has, all right? So Georgia beat at Missouri, they they won by fourteen. Not a great win. Yeah, yeah. So they beat a Florida team who literally has no offense at Trash. all whatsoever exactly they won by 19 at home against florida they went to kentucky now that was a big game of the time because kentucky was the first time ever being a top 10 ranked team they went in there they put on that mike stoops defense that was easy money talk about auburn all right alabama won by 30 last okay, weekend hold up wait producer wait,
0: conrad they went back to back to back no bye week here florida kentucky auburn three straight tough opponents all top 25 And they won all
2: the games by 14-plus. Yeah, but two of them were at home. And Auburn, Auburn was only a 17-point game. And I know 17 is still a lot of points. But Alabama put it on by 30. Like I said, it's back to the whole gas pedal thing. I think Alabama goes up by a couple scores early. And then after that, that defense just puts their teeth in that uh, Georgia okay. offense.
0: Yeah, and listen, I don't love taking Georgia here, but I, I'm gosh, I'm hoping for a good game. I mean, haven't you taken Alabama in the first half almost yes, every week? Yes, by the way, they didn't cover for me last week in the first half against Auburn. Can I quickly go back to that? So they're up, I believe, 10. Uh, and I remember these plays because you remember the losses. Lynch, you're laughing. I just love the Can I quickly go back to that? Like, we have a choice. Yes, you're yes, going okay. to. So uh, it's third and like four and they run the ball up the middle and they get stuffed and i'm like Sabin, what the hell are you doing Okay, so then they punt, it's blocked, Auburn scores a touchdown, and it's, you know, there's the first half cover out the window. Naturally, they roll in the second half. You know the lesson uh, there, never punt. Never (laughs) punt, punting is for losers, seriously. Here are my picks, championship weekend, I'm going Washington favored by 5.5, I like Clemson favored by a million, I like Texas getting 8, Georgia getting 13.5, and of course we've got the contingency play on Ohio State Northwestern, good luck this weekend. There you have it, an action-packed podcast full of picks, full of process. Lynch, what game on the schedule are you most excited about this weekend? And, Andrew Lynch is single, if you want to mention a date, you can go ahead and lay that out. But what are you most excited for this weekend on the schedule?
1: Uh, We'll keep the date stuff out of it. Private life is private.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. It can't
1: be private. Uh, I am legitimately looking forward to two games above all others saints cowboys tonight i think it's going to be great but if we're just looking at the weekend the two games that i'm really really interested in chargers steelers see which of those teams i think again i think the chargers are the better team there if the steelers come out and they put on a trouncing of los angeles i might have to change my mind yes it's just one game but a game between two elite teams like that has a significant impact on the way that I evaluate both of those teams moving forward. Chiefs Raiders baby, oh I cannot. Boy. We didn't wait get to talk about. The I moment. know that's why I'm bringing it up. I think Kansas City wins that game by at least three touchdowns. Fifty burger? I can't, oh, it, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. I just can't wait for all the cr- uh, the camera shots to John Gruden's face on the sideline. Uh-huh. Gonna be great day, John Gruden. Uh-huh. Let me let me just put this out there. If Baker Mayfield shows
0: up, beats the Texans, feeling dangerous, and things happen like the Dolphins lose to the Bills, there's going to be some Cleveland Browns playoff chatter come Monday morning. You like that? You like that? No, no, no. I know it's a, a lot of things have to happen. Has to break their way. Denver has to lose to the Bengals. But I'm telling you, if Baker shows up, this train is uh, Lynch. You're going to have to come in with a Baker jersey on Monday. Woo! That's the game for me to watch. Obviously, Kirk Cousins in prime time. I got to see what Sam Darnold can do against the Titans. No, no, sorry. All right, for Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. Safe gambling this weekend. Talk to you Monday.